<clears throat> well, how you doing? Uh, good. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to uh, welcome those who are listening uh, by the internet right now. I want you to know that if you're in your room by yourself someplace in Dubai or Scotland or the Philippines, do you know what? There's somebody who could be listening with you. In fact, if you would start to gather people and maybe kind of have your little holy group there, uh, and let us know. We'll contact you and help give you some support and possibly running... Uh, a place of refreshing from your home. So let us know. Get out there and let's spread God's word. Amen? Amen. Well, last week was what? Thanksgiving. Sorry, those of us who practice Thanksgiving. Um, we went, uh, my family treated Dr. C and I to a time down south at a dude ranch, a Westgate ranch. Uh, it was phenomenal. We went glamping. You're in a wood-framed tent that's air-conditioned, little refrigerator. Has it. We had a little fireplace. They have a, a screened-in porch out front, and it was all, the, all my kids in different tents at this glamping area. It was a gated glamping community. <laughs> but you're, you're in this incredible thing. It felt like it was the 1920s and you were this like rich millionaire from England on a safari. You know, I expect people to come up going, Buona, you know, but uh, it was just, and they had chairs set out there and at eight o'clock, someone came with my breakfast and set it on the porch. I'm in a tent. That is real glamping. It was just incredible. At seven in the evening, they light your fire and they leave you all the stuff for s'mores. Isn't that amazing? And, and they bring wood. They come back about 9 o'clock going, excuse me, sir, would you like some more wood? <laughs> you know I am camping. Right? It was incredible. It was just a fabulous time. I just want to thank my family because they treated Dr. C and I to that. And all the grandkids were running around. It was just a fabulous. And we get to come home and have Thanksgiving. And so while I'm there, I actually had internet. Um, so you know, it's just a habit. You have to study. So I'm looking up stuff. And I looked up Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and you can always kind of keep track on how society is going. And let me tell you, it ain't going good. By the internet. You know, the internet is the most incredible place where you can get incredible information right there. You can find out that FSU stopped Florida like that. <laughs> But I'm impartial. So, um, absolutely incredible source of information. It's also an incredible cesspool. It, it just anything floats to the top there. It was just junk. And, you, and they, the, the print looks just like the print of the stuff that's truthful. And it's hard to tell the difference. So I'm looking it up. And one of the things that, the reason I want to talk about Thanksgiving, besides it just was Thanksgiving, but how important it is that we don't allow the world, the enemy, to steal the truth of Thanksgiving. The first thing that I saw is I said, what other countries celebrate Thanksgiving? And it came up, you know, oh, just about every culture celebrates a Thanksgiving. There's no, it's not special to America. I went, well, that's news to me because we have people from India. Amari, Peter's mother from Scotland, she came for Thanksgiving. She goes, oh, I think this is incredible. She goes, I wish we had something like this in Britain. But according to this website, they have something in Britain. 
but they didn't tell Mari about it. <laughs> Nor have they told all the people that I know, you know, Peru and, and different parts of the country, you know, the world. And they were saying, and so I looked up the countries and go, oh, yeah, Great Britain did it. It was back during, you know, the 1100s. I'm going, they don't, it's a festival. They, they celebrated a festival God at the end of the season. And then in things, same thing in China, same thing here, same thing there. Not one of them was dealing with a people who are grateful to the living God for their good times and bad. It was just absolutely amazing. And then the next website, because you get moved up by how many hits you get. And these are all near the, the top. And the next one said, oh, Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday. Now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's not, but we still practice it. I want you to know that it is a absolutely start to finish a religious holiday because it came from Leviticus where it's mentioned 32 times. Thanksgiving meal. To give thanks unto the Lord. It's quite interesting. In Leviticus, 32 times it talks about the Thanksgiving meal that it even tells you what to prepare. Now, turkey wasn't on the list. Okay? You know, cranberries, all that. But the Jews, you have to remember, the festivals that the Jews were told to celebrate, they had a purpose, but they all, all had a thread that pointed to the cross. So when we go across that cross, these festivals, we need to appreciate them because they're still the truth of God. But you know what? We've stepped across the cross, not to say we don't have to, but we need to appreciate it. But you know what? When the Puritans got here, they had a thanksgiving where they thanked God. Now, the, the interesting thing is, in Leviticus, what talks about what food to eat the most interesting thing I found about it, it said that they had to eat all of it. Things have not changed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was 12 o'clock. We were going to eat till like 3.30, you know, 4. It's 12 o'clock and my son comes out with spinach dip and this queso dip and this dip and we're dipping. Okay, and not dip, not this kind. All right. <laughs> I may be in Florida, but I wasn't doing that kind of dip. All right, um, and I'm, I'm filling up on the spinach dip, and it was good spinach dip. And the queso was incredible. And uh, so when people start showing up, my wife comes out. She goes, "Okay, get everybody. It's time to eat." I'm like, oh, "I think I got too much dip. Get out of the way. <laughs> it's time to continue because that tradition is we got to eat it all. Got to eat it all. So it was a great time. But it's interesting when you look that. The Thanksgiving meal gave us a new perspective. It gives a perspective, and that's what I want to talk about. It says God is looking for a thankful people. He can work with a thankful people. Let me read our text today. We're going to end here. It says, in Matthew, when Jesus arrived at the rabbi's house and saw the noise, now let me tell you what he saw. A rabbi, a leader, had gone to Jesus where he was speaking publicly, and he came to him and said, and someone came to this leader and said, don't even bother the rabbi anymore, your daughter is dead. He had a sick daughter. But he just finds himself and falls at Jesus, and he goes, my daughter's dead, could you, could you just come? So he leaves. And it's on this path where the woman touched him and had the issue of blood and he stopped. He stopped for that woman. 
And then he continued on. And this is what happens. When Jesus arrived at the rabbi's home and saw the noisy crowds and heard the funeral music that already started, he said, get them out. For the little girl isn't dead. She is only sleeping. Then how they all scoffed and sneered at him. God had a different perspective. But it's interesting, even Jesus, when he came in, he read the room and said, get these people out. They're bringing in the wrong perspective. Well, I believe that the internet is bringing in the wrong perspective, that the world's trying to bring in the wrong perspective about Thanksgiving. Because when you realize that over 200 references in the Bible talks about giving thanks and being grateful unto God. And there's a number of reasons that we're thankful. And it says, and in all circumstances that we are to be thankful. And so I, I went back with some dates and the pilgrims, they had a Thanksgiving meal in 16... George Washington, in 1789, made a proclamation. Now, when I'm talking about these proclamations, uh, John Adams in 1799, James Madison, 1814, 1815, and Abraham Lincoln way up in 1863. All of these presidents, from the very beginning, made proclamations declaring, because it wasn't a national holiday, All saying, I'm choosing this day that we are grateful. In fact, uh, Adams told people, he goes, you know what? We may, should make it a day of prayer and fasting. That didn't last very long. The next year, he said, okay, we'll eat. <laughs> right? Praying fast up to Thanksgiving, and we'll break the fast with a Thanksgiving meal. But they, they were making a proclamation that as a nation, we should give thanks to the one true God whose Holy Spirit has illuminated opportunity for God's people to walk in freely. Now, this was a nation where Anyone could worship how they wanted to. But there was no question about the writers of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, got their leading from God's word. People are trying to rewrite that. And it's bunk. The meal that they celebrated was, the thought of it was captured before the cross in Leviticus, the thanksgiving, that's the name of it, the thanksgiving meal. The very name is from the Bible. And someone's trying to steal and give us a different perspective. That it's not a religious holiday. It is a religious holiday. It makes us different from every other religion and every other country. Let's, let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 goes, Always be joyful, Always keep on praying, no matter what happens, in whatever circumstance, for this is the will for you who belong to Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, wait a minute. Regardless of the situation, always be thankful. Like, wow, that's tough. And I don't know if you've ever said these words, I've been in this position. I'm sure you've heard someone say these words. 
man, come on, they're going, you know, just, I'd be a happier person if I just knew what God's will was. If I just knew what God's will was. This is a, this is a will. This is a will for you. This is it. Be thankful. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's like, I think you're missing it. You're not going to grab this. It says, be thankful. I can't be thankful just because I don't know his will. His will is to be thankful. Uh, if I could just, just get his will, I'd be thankful. It's like, the tail here is wagging the dog. The tail, here's what you do. You know what? God's word says to be a thankful people. God wants to work within a thankful people because the truth is, is when you're thankful, it changes your perspective on what's in front of you. True story. Long, long, long time ago. A, a woman <laughs> married to a husband who just works all the time. Doesn't, get to, doesn't go to school with the kids, you know, when they have, they're getting honors. He just works. He works and works and works and works. Where he's, he's just working. He's working. And she goes, I go to church, and my pastor says, no, Peter says to be quiet. Just be a faithful wife. I've done that. I've done that. And I've done that. I've done that. And I'm getting more and more bitter. He is just so horrible. He, he doesn't give attention to the kids. I'm raising them by myself. And so the, the lawyer said to her, he goes, well, the law is this. I can tell you, we're going to go to court, but this is how it's going to settle. You're going to get, you know, you're not going to get full custody kids. You're not going to do this, 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 and this. You're going to split up this money. She goes, she goes, okay, but I, what can I do to hurt him? What can I do to, I just, this is just a horrible man neglecting his family. And he goes, all right. He goes, I can't get this done right away. He says, but let me work on it for a couple of months. I'll drop the papers, I'll get a court date, and then we'll serve him, but don't let him know that you're divorcing him. In fact, go home and start thanking him. Thanking him publicly for whatever you can. So she goes home and she starts thanking. She says, you know, thank you that you work so hard. I want to thank you that you work so hard. You don't have time for your kids, but thank you. And, and you know what? I, I just want to thank you for providing for them. We went out and bought groceries and clothes today and blah, blah, this wonderful house and, and started thanking him and being thankful. Two months goes by. The lawyer calls, says, okay, Mrs. So-and-so, we're ready. I've got her, uh, the papers. So tomorrow I've got it scheduled. Your husband's going to be served at work. So it's public. You are going to crush him. She said to her lawyer, What? You stop that right now. This is the most wonderful man. He works so hard that he misses school appointments, and I know he would rather be there. I can see it in his eye how hurt he is. He works and provides and provides and provides for his kids and me. You stop that right now. And he goes, no problem. I'll just send you the bill. <laughs> One person is going to get paid, all right? But you know what gratitude did in her heart? It gave her a higher perspective. Saw her husband in a different light. He didn't work to get out of it. He was working to provide for them so that she could participate. So that the kids could have what they wanted. She saw that it was breaking his heart not to be there. But it wasn't until her perspective changed through a thankful 
And that's why the God's word says, you know, to be thankful in all circumstances because when you are, it raises you up to have a God perspective of a situation. You can have a, a, an open sight to what's really going on. So, in anything that you do, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but I, I came up with this one night. I took, Crystal keeps paper and, and by her bed. She make, makes notes, but I don't want to wake up to make notes because I have to find my glasses. I'm going to knock over the glass of water. I'm going to kick something. I'm, going to, and I'm up for three hours. So I just wrote over and go, Crystal, write this down. <laughs> Accept it, apply it, advance it. And anything that you do, any truth that you come across, the first thing is you've got to accept it. A lot of the trouble is, is people going, oh, I accept that as a truth, but it doesn't mean that you apply it. You've accepted it as a truth, and it just sits there on the shelf. It's that book that you bought that you didn't read. Someone said, hey, have you bought, have you, do you know this book? Yeah. Did you read it? I got it. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Well, I got it. It's just waiting. It's just ready to be. You know. It doesn't do any good. You first have to accept this truth, and I believe that everyone in this room would today agree with me that a grateful attitude, thankfulness, changes your perspective on things in time but you have to apply it. Then, not only did you apply it, okay, you know, I did it for a week, like kind of like a diet. We've all dieted, woo-hoo. <clears throat> We've all lost weight, you know? It's like smoking, so, you know, I try, I have a problem, you know, stop smoking. No, you don't have a problem stop smoking, you have a problem starting smoking, you know? Everyone stops, it's just, just you start again, you know? I have a problem with dying. No, you've done more diets, you just get off of them. You start eating again. So it's about, if it's not just applying your diet, but it's advancing it. That's why it's so, it's so positive, it's a positive thing for you to be the instructor, for you to be the coach. You think, oh, I'm, I'm called to be a coach. You know, you're called because to help someone else diet because you're going to stay on your diet. So you, we all accept the truth, but how do I know that you've accepted it? when you start applying it. How do I know that you're going to make it longer than two weeks? It's because you're going to advance it. You're going to coach someone else in it. And the coach needs to know the game. Because you be, you're, you're found out as a fraud. The coach is found out as a fraud. You see how many get, they lose their jobs. When they, as soon as they lose just a little bit of edge, they lose their job. You have to apply it. And it's the same with this truth, accept it, apply it, and advance it. I, uh, I wanted to make an example of this. It's just a chair. A chair, chairs, chairs represent different things. Okay, what do you do in a kitchen chair? If you see chairs in a kitchen, what happens in that chair? And don't say sit. That's what they did in the first service. They sit down. <laughs> Wow, did you get help with that? You know, what does a kitchen chair kind of represent? What's going to happen in that chair? You're going to have a meal, breakfast, all right? A dining room chair, what does that represent? Going to represent dinner. 
So I thought, you know, we need, when you walk in and you see this kitchen table, you see the kitchen chairs, you know what happens here. You know, it reminds you, oh, I didn't have breakfast. You know, I'll, you know, you walk in, you see the dining room table going, oh, we were going to have so-and-so over. We haven't, that's, that's how my memory trips go. I don't know how you are. You know what, I think we all need a thankful chair. You know, in the morning I wake up, you know, like, hey. <laughs> I haven't sat in a thankful chair today. You stop what you're doing. I thank you, Lord. And you find things to thank. And if you don't have anything in your life, you have a God that's worthy of your thanks. He's redeemed you. Because of what Jesus did, he qualified us to receive blessing. That no matter where you are in life, at the end of it, your retirement is the same as a millionaire. Heaven. Your healing is just as complete as the marathon runner. You know, that is gluten-free and body weight at 2%. When he gets sick, your healing is not going to be any better than his. It is glory. So no matter what you are, because of Jesus Christ, but you know what? I, I could just take this and take it to work and put it right there. And so I'm over here busily working and I'm like getting frustrated and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, I cannot believe he didn't get that in time. I haven't sat that today. And instead of cursing everyone at work, you thank God for a job. Amen. And you pray for those who don't. Amen. You pray for those who are struggling at your job. And, you know, before this chair makes it to your bedroom, Some of you need to grab your children and sit them in the chair and teach them thankfulness. What are you thankful for today? Your grandchildren. Sit them and be thankful. And then, of course, when you go to bed, it changes your perspective. Instead of the thing that you wanted to hate and curse and divorce, you get a higher perspective looking down upon it. And you say, this isn't a curse, it's a blessing, it's an opportunity. Wow. There was a song years and years ago back in the Jesus movement. <clears throat> uh, oh, what was his name? I forgot his name. Uh, Don, uh, he wrote all, Don Moen. Don Moen. And he wrote the song, if you know it, <clears throat> you can sing it with me. It says, Give thanks with a Give thanks unto the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given his son. And now let the say I am let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for 
Okay, if you were singing with that, you're old. <laughs> Very old. <laughs> and it is a fabulous song, and it's, it is mimicking the, word, the scripture. That is the scriptural song from Thessalonians 5. It said, let the weak say they are strong. But you know, sometimes it was such a, it's like I can float. It's just this soft little, and, and it was encouraging. But I said, wait a minute, I'm seeing something different. Because sometimes you're singing that song and you can feel sorry for yourself. You get this picture of this, you know, emaciated person on a, their deathbed going, and now <laughs> let the weak say, I am strong, I'm strong. You know? <laughs> it's kind of an excuse. You know, I know I look weak, but I'm strong. You know? So I looked at other places, and I find in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Paul, who was sick, he had a thorn in his flesh, and he's going, you know, I was having trouble with this, I asked Jesus to heal me three times, and he didn't. But here's what I found out, that my miracles are even stronger. My speaking is even better. When I come in weakness, his glory is stronger. Amen. He goes, so here's what I'm saying. Let me even be more weak, that the Lord be even greater. So when you're weak, he's strong. You know, we're afraid, we're afraid that, oh, but I have this weakness and I'm... Every time you're trying to stand up and protect yourself, you're holding back the glory and the strength of God that is in you. So let the weak do this. Declare, it doesn't say let the weak, let the weak say I am weak. <laughs> it's not like this pie in the sky. We're not trying to deny reality. It is saying a truth. Let the weak be strong. So I said, wait a minute, I got to have more than this. They're going to think I just pumped this up. You know, I've just been pumping this up. So I've heard that very line before. So I said, let's go back. And I found it. And it's in Joel 3 in the Old Testament. It said, advance. This far and wide. Announce this far and wide. Get ready for war. Conscript. It means force your warriors, your best soldiers. Collect all your armies. Now get this. He's saying, get your professionals gathered together. The professionals are strong. The army guys, they're pretty cut. Okay? They know their stuff. Melt your plowshares into swords. Who's he talking to? Is he talking to the soldiers? No, he's talking to the farmer. What does a farmer know about warfare? I'm just a farmer. He goes, mount your plowshares into swords and beat them, you know, into pruning hooks and spears. Let the weak be strong. You farmers, you florists, you know what? Don't say, I'm just a florist. I'm just a mother. I'm just a... You know what? Get in the Civil War drawer and pound that fork into a knife. You know, and hand it to somebody who knows how to use it. You know, I'm strong. 
Doesn't matter where you are, God has called you to go to war and be strong instead of always being the farmer that just at laid at anyone who comes by with great force. He says, let the weak say they're strong. He said, because God is going to intervene. He is revealing. He's saying, get to a perspective and look down. I see power. You see weakness. Change your perspective. Let the weak say they are strong, because indeed they are. And if they're not, I will make them. They just have to have the right perspective. What good is a soldier without a gun? Without a knife, who's going to make it? Pound your, your plow. Let the weak recognize their strength. I've made you strong. You like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Well, you have to accept, apply. Now, so you accept it. Now we're going to, we need to apply it to change our perspective. And here's, here's what the scriptures tell us about changing your perspective, about thankfulness. It says, being thankful is a choice. You have to choose it. It doesn't matter if that is the word. You have to choose it. You have to fight all those things in your, in your body that says, I'm a loser, loser, loser. You can go to work. Five people tell you how great you look today. Five people. One person never says anything nice, goes by going, gaining weight? Which one are you going to remember? That one, right? It's a choice. Five people said how good you look. I like it when people come up and go, you losing weight? I go, was I that fat? I, this, this is my size now. How fat was I? <laughs> Being thankful is a choice. You know, giving thanks is a command of God. Although he commands it, doesn't mean you do it because it's still your choice. And the last is remain thankful. Remaining thankful is God's will, and that is when you advance it, you know you're going to stay there. Here's the consequence of not being thankful. It's in Romans. Because yes, they knew about God. They knew God, but they would not admit it or worship him. See, worshiping God, even admitting knowing you, God, is a form of being thankful. But they wouldn't worship or even, what's the word? Thank him for all his daily care. And after a while, they began to think up silly ideas of what God was like because their perspective of God was changing. It was dropping. So they think up silly ideas of what God was like and what he wanted them to do. The result was that their foolish minds became dark and confused. Here's my quote of the day. One of the first marks of rejecting God is forgetting to thank him. When I talk to people who are questioning their faith, I say, when was the last time you thanked God? They go, what have I to thank him for? Like, know where you're at. That's the first mark. When people can't think of a reason to thank God and, they realize, and, and you realize that they're not being thankful, they're rejecting. Their path is going to be that of Romans 1. Naomi Williams, he goes, it is impossible to feel grateful and depressed in the same moment. 
Let the weak say I'm strong. <clears throat> That's not even logical for the world. Why? This is their perspective. But the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Well, we're, we're getting a different perspective. We're getting a God perspective. We're seeing it f high up instead of a, a linear thing like this. We're not seeing shadows. We're getting a clear picture that God says, you know, you know what? You have got something of strength. You need to focus on that. You need to realize that I have enabled you. What my, my son has done has qualified you. That in the end, your reward is the same as anyone else. And you can start receiving the kingdom here on earth when you live according to his word. So you start changing. You start changing the way you think, the way you see yourself, the way you see others. This perspective is, is, is a God perspective. brings us back to the opening text. When Jesus arrived at the rabbi's house and saw the noisy crowds and heard the funeral music, he said, get them out. Why did he say it? Because Jesus' perspective is a heavenly one, the one that he's giving us through thankfulness. He walks into the room, he goes, why are you doing this? This little girl's not dead, she's asleep. When you get the right perspective through being thankfulness, you're going to walk into a room and you're going to hear funeral music. You're going to hear people going, my business died, my, my crushed hopes, my this, 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 and this. And you're going, what are you doing? It's not dead. It's only asleep. How can you say it? I have a better perspective. I'm someone who's put myself in a situation where I am thankful for God's daily care. And I, once I start thanking for it, I can see it. And what I see is on, he, is on you and can be on you. And what you're crying about, that lost marriage, that lost this, that lost that, that lost job, this inability to do it. God said, let the weak say I am strong. It is time that, that we stand up and we go, you know what, with the right perspective, that which I thought was dead, it's not dead, it's just asleep, and it says, get up and feed the thing. <laughs> wow. So let me tell you right now, your joy is not dead. It's asleep. Your hope it's not dead. It's asleep. And Jesus' perspective saw they were playing the wrong music for what was happening. Get the scoffers. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you. Get them out. Stand up. Be strong. Get them out and feed that which is just asleep. You have been called to bring life and life abundant to yourself and to those around you. You know that immediately when I mentioned this, something sparked and then another voice came up and says, no, it's dead. 
apply it. Of course you're going to have a battle. You've not begun to be thankful. You've not put your post in. You may not carry a, your thankful chair with you. You're in a smart car. I can't get it. In, you know. <laughs> but you can have a post-it. And just having a post-it on the mirror, if it's just to stop and really be thankful this night's sleep that you woke up today, a post-it in your car, be thankful that you have a car and what God is doing, and a post-it where you work. Maybe those little rubber bands where if you just every time you grab it, I don't care if it's 20 times a day, say, Lord, I just want to thank you for this very moment. That there is an opportunity. I don't even know what it is, but it could happen right now. I want to thank you for it. Daniel, when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were getting ready to be thrown in the fire, and Daniel said, what did they do? They thanked him like this. They thanked him going, well, you just want to thank the Lord for the miracle he's going to do, and if he doesn't do it, we still thank the Lord. <laughs> like, you're thanking him before the... You're thanking him for a miracle that hasn't happened yet and you thanked him even if it doesn't. That way, you know, you get thrown in there. You know, hey, we didn't burn up. You can come out and do a little dance. You don't have to thank God all... You're not going to be thinking about thanking God or, you know, like, woo, <laughs> you came through, you know. You're like, woo, we don't even smell like smoke. You thank him before. You thank him before. You get a different perspective. You're going to start speaking to things that you thought were dead. You're going to enter rooms where there's nothing but death. And go, it's only asleep. Feed it. Let's stand up. Whoo! Let me put this on here for small group discussion. For those who have small group, take a picture. Some of us might be here today where our faith, you thought it was dead, or a hope, a dream. And you've not started your journey of a thankfulness life. Thanking God for every care of the day. That's what the scripture says. In Romans 121, it said they didn't thank him for the, his daily care. How often are you supposed to thank him? Every step of the day. Moves us up and gives us a God perspective so that what looks dead is only asleep. And you can speak to it. You can recognize when the wrong spirit's in the room. Why are you singing these songs? That's not the truth. You have a different perspective. I want it. So, though, those of you who have not been on that journey of thankfulness, I'm going to pray for you. To give you a head start. Jesus walks into the room right now. His Holy Spirit walks in here. And this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Not the room, to you. To you. It's not dead. 
it's only asleep. Feed it. Feed it. Feed it. Get these other voices out of here. They're not helping. They're bringing the wrong spirit, the wrong perspective. Father, I want to thank you for your spirit today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're walking these aisles. And during worship was, wow. What an incredible opportunity to come to worship you, to recognize the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and to give us a different perspective, to change rooms, to change our lives, to change others. Thank you, Father. And we say this in your Son's name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can someone give it a shout? Come on, yeah!